0: Hi, I'm Lao Ngai Yuan, or in short, Yuan, and I'm with the co-creators of the Professional Practice in Entrepreneurship, Dr Ainurul Rosli from Brunel University London, a reader in entrepreneurship and enterprise, and Dr Jane Chang, co-founder of GRITSEA Social Enterprise London. We spoke about whether entrepreneurs are born or made last week. And this week, we are going to go into the brains of entrepreneurial individuals and hack them if we can. So tell me, Dr. Ayn how do we hack their brains in the first place? I mean, this must have been a subject of, of huge interest for you.
1: Um, It is indeed. Um, Both of us look into the cognitive element of how um, entrepreneurs actually um, think and how they actually do their work. Um, The most interesting thing is that we look into the entrepreneurial mindset. So crafting the mindset is very important for us to really understand about these entrepreneurial individuals. Without the mindset, you won't be able to do anything, basically. So what
0: mindset, shall we remind ourselves, what mindset do we need to be entrepreneurs?
2: The mindset of creating value Mm -hmm. and the mindset of how to mobilize resources in order to fulfill the pains of the stakeholders that they want to build with. So that's the entrepreneur mindset. And what do they need to create those skills to develop the, uh, the values to the customers, especially to their clients, and to the, meeting the needs of the stakeholders, meeting the touch points. That's what we are talking about, the mindset.
0: And the other thing that I, I guess in, in, that's important in the mindset of an entrepreneur um, is um, about risk. Yeah. Their point of view, how they react. when How risk, they perceive to what. Yes, and it. when something that's challenging comes their way,
1: how do they view it mm-hmm. and what do they do? So can this be thought? If we really understand that entrepreneurship is a process, yes, because, you know, the more you go through the process, the your tolerance to risk will be slightly higher or lower, you know, hopefully lower because you've gone through the process, you learn from it and then you will act differently, um, you know, according to, to your experience or according to other people's experience. And because of that, we emphasize quite a lot on team as well. You know, how do you actually learn together with team so that you can actually learn faster? You know so you go through the entrepreneurial process in teams so that you can actually learn about the risk learn about how to how to launch yourself from from, from failure faster and this is the hack that that uh, PPE is trying to um, put in place to make sure that you know uh, if you want to try to embody yourself as an entrepreneur you think that you are entrepreneur you know that you can become an entrepreneur you
2: think like entrepreneur until you become one I think another in addition, what we do is that uh, it is really important to create that passion. Mm. We see entrepreneurship as a movement, as a call. So what we do in our mindset is the first thing is to make them aware that they need to have something, a call in their life, so that they are motivated and become a passion. Actually, it's about building their own leadership. That's the mindset that we want to encourage our students, a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. So passion, I've always thought that passion is something that
0: you need years to develop. So it, it cannot just be you like something and, and then you call it a passion, right? It, it needs to be, you, you can't call watching televisions or playing games passion, but but now you can call game playing passion, I guess. But how do we develop that in, in such depth and
2: understanding? Like you we were talking about the Finnish system, it's about what, are the things that they want to help with the societal, the challenges that they are aware that they want to solve the problem for the society and that they become the awareness, make them think about, why am I here? Why do I exist on this planet Earth? What is my role in this world to make this a better planet, a better universe in the Milky Way? So that becomes the passion, the calling. And with the calling, that becomes a motivation. And that they will start thinking about, What skills do I have? What resources do I have in order to turn this into something that's value, become valuable to the world? So why aren't everyone with this thinking? I think it's more about Doing it, you
1: know, exploring. So unless you 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 are willing to learn and explore, it is really hard for you to really um you know try to be truthful to yourself about why and what you want to do. So it's always we always uh, tell our students that start with why 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 you want to do it. And sometimes we use the methods of five whys. You know, they answer a question like why. You know, you, then you dig deeper into why and why you're doing it. Why why you want to do this. Why you want to do this. And until they really understand the real definition or the real meaning of why they wanted to start something and this is where the point where sometimes they ditch their old idea just because you know they thought that this is something that they really want to do but because they now understand the real problem why they wanted to do um, um, an idea or they want to pursue an idea because of their own passion or because of other people's problem and this is this is why it's quite important and I think is the their, their um, experience in exploring the societal problem. So some of the business challenges that we put in place uh, for them to experience is trying to, for example, supporting social enterprises or, you know, working with um, uh, startups um, to, to solve HIV in, in South Africa, for example. So, you know, this real societal problem that they need to solve somehow spark, they're thinking into what they really want to contribute to the community so the sense of belonging is, is actually you know when when jane mentioned earlier on in the uh, in the first episode that you know this emotional attachment you know this relationship building this sense this this awareness of it is okay for you to be scared it is okay for you to be um angry you know because this will then create and um, them to you know, create a space for them to think about why am i here actually why am i wasting time you know, I, and, and it's more about allowing them to think,
2: I think. I think also, what we were talking about in the first year, we expose our students to the social enterprise. We want to make them aware, you know, there are other people's problems. It's not just their problem going to university. So they become to create that relationship with the social challenges. And they start to think because university is a place of learning, developing their critical thinking skills. So they start to question a philosophical question. Why do I exist? And what am I to do here? So we want to create that awareness of their calling, you know, and to make that calling into their passion. So
0: that disenchantment amongst the young people is running really high uh, nowadays. And I I, I really do think it has a lot to do with how societal pressure or non-pressure uh, whether to conform to the system or not in schools and, and the way we're setting up the exams or the education, the, the way we are, we are, we're actually leading our children to think that um, if, you, if you do well, most of your world problems will be fine. So to get them to think beyond their own problems, to get them to think, hey, there are other things you can consider doing uh, activism, for example, even mm-hmm. awareness of other people's problem, even the fundamental idea that they can be the solution and not just, yes. you know, uh, someone who's complaining or someone who's a victim of the situation mm-hmm. and, and think that, hey, this pothole is happening to me. Yeah, um, nice. So, so I, I I've always wondered at the kind of, um, methodology that we can use or apply um, to change these mindsets,
2: how long does it really take it takes quite a while depending on the willingness of the individual to, to, learn. Act, to learn and also to be resilient. One of the definitions of resilience is to be grateful with your resources that you have and the resources around you. So if they fail and they learn to accept that why they fail, they become imperfect. And learning from the valuing the imperfect to make it better, so they will improve their grit, the resilience. Mm-hmm. So they won't be complaining, but they will learn to be in appreciation of what is available and turning that at that point into valuable and a learning lessons, if for example our traditional approach, which is okay, you got your A's and not able to accept a B, that's very dangerous.
1: Yes, it's about how do we actually deal with imperfections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is what we put as a self reliance. So when we talk about self reliance, it's not about being individualistic. It is about you know again resource resourceful. You know, you they really need to understand that they need to rely on. Uh, upon themselves to take action. You know, nobody actually going to do it for them. And they are the ones who actually have to find the resources. This self-reliance is the, uh, the thing that, that, that can turn into a opportunity-seeking attitude. Um, you know, people say, that, how do you find opportunity? How do you grab opportunity? How do you identify and capitalize on opportunity? You know, unless you really understand what you have and your strength and, and, and your passion, you know, this calling, right? Um, you, the opportunity um, identification will come naturally. And so rather than us teaching about how do you actually um, identify opportunity like, like any other traditional um, uh, teaching entrepreneurship did, we focus more about understanding the self-reliance. We focus more about how do you actually identify resources? How do you actually know your strength and within this, and what is your passion? Well, once you have that, you know, once individual have that, opportunities are everywhere. They can start to see, oh my God, there's so many opportunities.
2: And now we have to teach them, how do you choose one? Yeah, and then it's really important to actually appreciate your own imperfections. Because by accepting your imperfections, then you learn to appreciate the, the perfection of other people, the resources of other members of the team to, ha- to combine in a synergy, in a form that to create something valuable. Mm. So they learn how to work with people. If they only can accept their own perfection, it is going to be very individualistic. You're not able to work with other people. And there will be always this, the Kiasu culture. So we don't want to do that. It's about how to leverage on individuals' resources and come out and co-create. So this is what we do in our first year. They learn to appreciate, oh, I'm very good in this. You are very good in this. And when we combine, we make it even better. Mm-hmm. We become a better team. So that's why there's always this uh, appreciation of, oh, this is how much we have created. Wow, it's a celebration when they create something. Maybe
0: you can illustrate and tell us a story about a young person in your class
2: that's gone through this particular change. Yes, I remember one. His name is called Dennis. Oh, Dennis I love Lukan. Dennis Oh, he's such, a, <laughs> he's such a lovely boy at that time. Now he's a young man, you know. And he has no interest. All he wants is, Jane, all I want is First class, okay, that's what I want. I don't care about the team. I don't care how much we're going to uh, get out of this event. But after that, and you know what? His team was a disaster. There was no event, nothing. Because he's a, a quite pre- perfectionist. and He's, he's a um, perfectionist, perfectionist, right. And he realised that. And then when he became aware, he decided, no, I need to work in a team. I need to go for business challenges. I need to... And then he joined the competition. He was in the semi-finalist. He was in Germany. And there he formed. And then when he was in the final year, he started his... Uh, mushroom recycling project, he started to be aware his project is about how to recycle it, upcycle the coffee waste and grow mushrooms. Right. And now he's so, he's an evangelist for, you know, making, changing the mindset of others to the, and he started the Maribone Entrepreneurship Club. Right. What
0: does the Mary Brown Entrepreneurship Club do?
1: I think it's more about um, a platform for young entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs for them to get together and share their knowledge beyond the classroom. So you know they get together and share their experience, their resources, um, their their skills and network because they realize that they they, they need they are themselves. Can make it happen. So and they, they know the importance of being in a team, and I think that is the most fruitful. Or um, you know, it's quite exciting for us to see um, you know seeing them uh, starting the the club without us saying anything. So they are the one who started because they realize that a lot of students re- outside entrepreneurship who doesn't actually take entrepreneurship uh, modules need help because. You know, these are the people who have a skill, but sometimes they don't really have a correct mindset or they don't really know how to do it. And they go out there to help. And on top of running their own business... Business. So that is you know they do a community understand. it's a community that trying they're trying to create because we as an academic we have a, a limited uh, um, um, uh, time and role that we can only teach or support our entrepreneurship students, so not beyond that right and they realize that others their friends and colleagues require support as well and they started the the, the the society and they started it themselves and it's a you can actually do that once you really understand that entrepreneurship is about Togetherness is entrepreneurship, it's about, uh, about uh, a movement and, a, and, you know, a community and they themselves trying to, to create the community.
0: I mean, the, the idea that there can be a tipping point yes. in a person that make them, you know, that, make, that that had them change their mind and decide to do something that's completely probably opposite from what they are inherently.
2: I mean, he's still a perfectionist-looking guy, you know. That's him. We can't change his style. He's still the handsome guy, you know, going around speaking, standing with that awesome look, is it? Oh, we must have him on our show then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. So that's it. This wrap up this week's conversation on hacking the brains of entrepreneurial individuals. And next week, we are going to take a look at nurturing entrepreneurship in various different settings. So make sure you stay tuned to us, find us on EFM.live. And thank you for listening to this week's Professionalizing Entrepreneurship. This podcast series is a collaboration between EFM of Global Entrepreneurship Movement Association and the Professional Practice in Entrepreneurship PPE. We will end with a little soundbite from Dennis Lucan, the founder of MUSH and also Mary Marylebone Entrepreneurship Club. Let's hear him tell us a little bit more, especially on his mindset change.
3: Hello everyone. My name is Dennis Julukan and I'm the founder of DGL Group and co-founder of the Marylebone Entrepreneurial Club. I've been taught by Jane Chang for 3 years during my time at the University of Westminster, time in which I've changed from every single point of view because when I started, I had no idea what to expect from the course itself I just knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial, but without the practical knowledge, I don't know if I would have reached the point that I am at today. DGL Group offers consultancy and branding services for startups and education institutions, and together with my business partner, we started the Marlboro Entrepreneurial Club, which is a community of entrepreneurs where we're putting together our knowledge and experience, looking to bring startups to the next level and act as a bridge between startups and investors, because in our experience, getting investment is one of the most challenging things for startups but after getting investment the biggest question is what are you doing with the investment itself? I believe uh, the reason why I've changed so much over the last couple of years was because of the way that I was taught during my time at the University of Westminster. We always had practical exercises. We always had to go out and meet new people, try to find business partners. And the most interesting thing is that my uh, business partner and co-founder of the Mardi Entrepreneurial Club, we've met at one of our uh, lessons because he was giving a speech about his company. And six months later, we started collaborating. And here we are today building this amazing community together. And um, it's super, super interesting. I, I find it very difficult to put into words how much the course impacted it on me. And um, the way, the innovative way that we've been taught at the University of Westminster, and I believe this is highly reflected in where we are today as entrepreneurs, is not only myself, everyone else that was on the course. It's very easy to point at a few people that are very, very successful at the moment.